Hello, Hello. Welcome, welcome to a, a brand, brand new episode, episode of Shellheads. Nothing. What? I thought you were going somewhere with that. No, no I, 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 just, I just wanted to sound out cool. Oh. Okay. You, you, your, uh, your reaction was very muted. I'll take that as a negative, and I'll jump back to my other microphone. Is that better? It is better. Great. Hi, I'm Sergio. I'm the host of the Shellheads podcast. The other person you're hearing is your host of the Shellheads podcast, Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? It's going rather well. Blah, 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 blah. It's going rather well. I'm in regular D as opposed to 4D that Sergio was in uh, <laughs> for a hot second. I thought there was going to be like this other monologue that went with the intro. So that's why I was like, what are we doing? Oh, oh, you you were just being polite. Huh? I was. It, it is. It's it's wild that uh, you said that I was talking in 4D uh, because over the weekend I turned 40. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I I've joined you, Jeff. I'm old. Eh. Well, you complain a lot more than I do, so that makes sense. I <laughs> like. The thing about old is like get that cake out of here, get them cookies out of here, get that pie out of here. I don't want none of that. I hate holidays. Get off my lawn. I'm pretty sure that's in there somewhere. For the record, I, I've been that person since I was a youngin. I know. Like, that's like just having the energy of a young person to you know to complain about everything. Imagine I, when he came out, folks. The look on his face kind of looked like a crumpled, grumpy, angry Popeye. Well, like, I haven't quite made it to shake my fist at the sky, old. It, it, it's all just lingering angst is, is what it is. I'm just saying all that bottled up anger about desserts and holidays is not good for you. You need to channel it positively. What do you think this podcast is? It's not the, you know, what dessert sucks this week. Look, Fuck look, man. you're you're giving me a bad rep here. Like, Come it's in. not that desserts desserts suck. It's just so many are overrated and people prioritize them incorrectly. See, I don't agree with any of that. I like, just like I just enjoy cake is fine, but it's not good. Pie is way overrated. Cookies are like peak dessert. See, nothing to me, nothing tops a good piece of pie and some uh, ice oh, cream and a cup oh. of coffee. No, ice cream, ice cream, all ice creams are better than all pies. See, you can, no, it's not. Pies pies are just delivery mechanisms for weird, gooey fruit. Like, no. I think this is like. And pie crust is gross. This is PTSD from getting hit one too many times in the face with pies. And I'm pretty sure that's what that stems from. No, 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 no. A birthday party clown that like just had it in for you. Give me, give me a s'more before you give me a pie. Give me, give me a, a. a brownie before you give me a pie brownie pie you know uh like i'll even take a i'll even take a a nice um banana bread over a pie hey i had some of that this morning you know it's just pies are way overrated but i I digress we've we've gone way off topic now send your hate mail to p.o box (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of which, here's where I'm supposed to plug something so that people hear it at the beginning of the podcast instead of the end is like, I'm sure there's a contingent of our listeners who listen to what's in Sergio's box and news. And then when we, when we hit our main topic, they're like, ah, I'm just trying it off. 
which means they don't ever hear us plug stuff at the end. So uh, if you don't usually make it to the end, this, usually I talk about, hey, go follow us on Instagram under Shellheads Podcast. Uh, do the same on Facebook. And you can do that, and I'll be at the other end of it, and you can send me all of your angry letters about, you know, dessert. Yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. Let's start a big dessert argument in my DMs. Why not? Go right ahead, folks. <laughs> Slide into his DMs. We do segments here. We do. Uh, so, so Jeff, what? Sh- throw me, throw me a a line to the segment, but make it a little different this time. A little different this time. Diff- see, throw, throw, throw me something different. It is time to see what's inside your box. Very good. Very good. Okay, not exactly Schwarzenegger, but an angry German. <laughs> or Austrian. Russian. Austrian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's in Sergio's box this week? Jeff? I don't know. I can't see it. That's true. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I got two things. I thought I was going to have no things until, like, last second. I got two things. Um, oh, three things. I just thought of another one. Okay. Uh, the easy thing is I went to Offbeat and picked up my weekly, you know, comics. And Philip had set aside a Last Ronin unarmored figure. Mm-hmm. And I, I bought it. Of course I bought it. Yeah. Not that we've talked about those figures, you know, a bunch. I'm still not a huge fan. But I did realize that the boxes, like when you put them next to each other, like they're going to make one long picture. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, send, shoot you a, a picture of it when I inevitably buy all of these things. Cool. Um, I also got, and this one, feel free to razz me. It's fine. I'm, I'm going to be fine. Uh, I bought the Playmates Jumbo Raphael. Back up the truck here. That's the only one. The only one that I will be buying. Did you mention that you were only going to buy that? Or you were like, oh, these things are, are, are effing terrible. I'm not buying that. I'm like, well, you bought Karate Kid Turtles, so why not? Yeah, like, I I think <laughs> I think my, my wording was, here's another reason why you shouldn't buy these. And then I just went and bought them. Yeah, the, I, I saw them at the Target, and, uh, like, Playmates packaging is just very enticing. It, it really is. I mean, they've got enough stock of it. Yeah, uh, so... I get it. It's like it's on the shelf. Honestly, if it didn't have such a bizarre-looking head, it would be a decent pickup. My thought was it would look really dope sitting behind a whole bunch of other figures. You know, it, like it's a good thing to mix in with the rest of your collection. Yeah. It's not going to be like a like a oh look at that guy. It's going to be oh look at all of those figures, even the big one in the back. Maybe I think too hard about this stuff. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Again, I guess send your hate mail, hate mail about that too. Uh, but the, I guess the crown jewel of what I got over uh, over the past two weeks, I got a, I got tipped off by somebody in one of one of the many Ninja Turtles groups that I'm in uh, that Ross Dress for Less uh, got apparently got a huge shipment of. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger cross Ninja Turtle uh, figures, specifically the Shredder figure. Okay. 
and they're deeply discounted. Ooh. So I went to our local Ross thinking, ah, oh, there's no way they're going to have it, or at least there's no way they're going to have it already. And I walk in, and uh, there he was for twelve ninety nine. Dang. Yeah, which is like more than 50% off. Where's our Ross? Is it over, the, by, over there by the Target and stuff? Yeah, it's yeah, about, like by the Kohl's. The other sign? Yeah, it's it's like a law. If you have a Kohl's, you have to have a Ross in the same parking lot. Huh. Yeah, it's it's it passed by Congress in the 90s. It was weird. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So so I picked up Shredder, uh, the the you know the crossover figure, and it and both of us agreed he was the best figure of you know of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, so I figured 13 bucks is that's a perfect price. And that's that's what's in my box this time, uh, Jeff. It's not much. Just 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 those things. What's some good stuff? Yeah. So uh, what's next? And now it's time for Secret of the News! Okay, yeah, news. News, that bro. Wasn't, that wasn't different. I just didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, n- next time, like, c- come with something, something, something way different. Uh, I have a robot voice to use, you know. Oh, yeah. You can come up with something in two weeks. I mean, I can't sound like a robot. You have to like. Yes, you can. Everyone can sound like a robot. I'll deliver our first like news story as a robot. Are you ready? Oh, no, don't do it. So, Jeff, did you know that the loyal subjects uh, best action figure line has new turtles figures coming? This is very pleasing to Krang. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So there's um, some more. This is like an Instagram post from. I'm sure there's a more reliable source somewhere. But what was sent to the the, the chat that me and you use is uh, the the post from TMNT collector Scotland. And it shows a best action figure of Slash. Uh, of course, the Rocksteady we already have. Uh, a black and white Casey that has a mask from uh, fr- from body count, like the the American flag mask. Wait a minute, I didn't see that. Yeah, you gotta click on the clicks, click the uh, the next button on these pictures. Uh, then there's the Krang that we just got, uh, but probably most importantly, there is April O'Neil. This the the slash they're they're. It looks like they're using is the one from the cartoon, uh, yeah. the original cartoon, which is cool. Um, what's odd is, like, with the turtles, they kind of took, you know, like, artistic license with kind of making them look a little anime and, you know, heads are a little squished. You know, just they had a specific style to them. Yeah. A lot of these, like, other characters have not. They've just been direct uh adaptations of the the cartoon characters and this one is very much that yeah yeah there's there's not much nuance to him he's he looks okay mm-hmm. um i really like the april yeah like the, the april I, I feel like they spent all of their sculpting money on her hair and her bust well it's the right size like it's all you know, it's all the right proportions. Yeah. 
but she in uh she has two heads the the one to the right she looks like uh she looks like Jane Fonda oh wow yeah which i guess there's an argument to be made that the April in the original cartoon looked like Jane Fonda, but that we're not, you know, deliberating that today. Yeah. So I, I guess it was no secret that eventually those two figures were coming. Yeah. Uh, but seeing them is really cool. And this, this, this choice of a Casey figure is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks great though. I don't like that it's black and white at all. Because it was in color. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's I guess that's just me being picky. Yeah. I like the look of the Rocksteady. But like you said, the sleeves, you know, they're just reusing that. Well, no, like I I literally have this figure in my house. So, yeah. Um, I think it should be of note that April comes with a handgun. Did she come with a handgun in the original? That's a good question. She might have. Because, like, you can't have April with a gun trying to shoot people. <laughs> it's okay to have, you know, ninja weapons. A handgun. Uh, she. Let me, let's see. Let's see. She did. Her original action figure. Oh, wow. Had a handgun. That's so trippy. So canonically speaking, <laughs> April is uh is packing. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, let's see, what's our next piece of news? Jeff, you take the next one. Next piece. Next piece. What's what's this Peter Laird interview? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, after the um, after the sale of you know, the Turtles property to Viacom. Peter Laird kind of just, you know, stepped out of the limelight and just kind of enjoyed retirement, you know, making pottery, riding motorcycles, stuff, you know, because, you know, you get burnt out, you get brain fog, and, you know, you want to just kind of take a break. This break was very long. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he might have done a few maybe – little guest appearances at some comic shops or something or whatever. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Cause I, you know, we don't, we don't turtle track the guy. Um, cute. but cute. Yeah, right. Um, the, um, up on YouTube, uh, a channel called cartoonist kayfabe, um, managed to, get an interview with Peter uh, for about an hour. Um, and so it kind of delves into his past and, you know, and uh, talking about sharing all kinds of amazing stories. Um, and this was a really, really cool interview um, to watch. I always forget, but um, Peter Laird's old, man. Yeah, he's not a spring chicken. He's what in his late sixties, early seventies. He's sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Uh, and by comparison, Kevin Eastman is sixty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Peter Laird has always looked older than his age. Yeah. 
Like even when in pictures where he was like, oh, my, my, the young 32 year old Peter Laird. And he's he already is like bald and looks like he's 53, you know? Yeah. And so uh, this is really his to my knowledge, his first the first time he's kind of had a public appearance in quite a while. And he does look significantly older than last time we saw him, which I guess would be at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I I had gotten to meet him at uh, a convention about ten years ago, um, and he you know looked a bit more spry. Of course, this was this was before the sale. Yeah, yeah, but he he's clearly just enjoying retirement, which is which is great for him, yeah. uh, and it's horrible for us. It is. <laughs> we want more stories. Like I, I, I look, I'm not gonna try to bully this man into finishing a story, but come on, man, please. Yeah, it's not like we're going after you, like Jar, uh, the was it George George R R Martin. The, yeah. the big difference though is George R R Martin swears he's working on it and that it's gonna be done soon. Peter Laird is like, I hung up my, you know, <laughs> I hung up my paintbrush. Leave me alone. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 quite different, but I it has the same, you know, the same energy. But, yeah, we're going to I'm going to link it in the show notes if you want to go listen to it. It's it is every bit of an hour and 14 minutes. So so don't think you're going to just hop in and check it out and hop out. Yeah. yeah. But don't do it until you finish Shellheads. Right. You know, just that, you know, suggestion. Yeah. Um, I have a news topic, Jeff. Okay. So, so the last Ronin, the Lost Years, uh, the first issue dropped today. And upon its, actually before its launch, uh, IDW announced that following it in May of this year, I get, it may not be following or probably during, depending on the scheduling. Cause you know that these last run issues always end up being late. Um, who knows when this is going to be out, but Kevin Eastman is doing a special called TMNT lost days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. It's going to be a special, uh, I guess similar to like an annual, uh, where spoiler alert for the, the last Ronin. So wait, read it. What's that? So wait, don't listen, folks, if you haven't read it. it like it, at this point, it just yeah, the, we're, I'm going to spoil the ending of the last Ronin. So we find out at the end that there are four new turtles being mutated by uh, Casey Marie and her mother, April. And this tale is going to basically tell a tale of a- April raising those children in, uh, you know, the new New York um, I don't, it, it does look like it's going to be a one shot, which is cool. Apparently there's already some like spoilers out there from the first issue of the lost, the lost years about these four turtles. So I'm not going to really dive too deep into this, uh, this news story, but as we've seen before, as great of a ambassador as Kevin Eastman is for the turtles and how well he is at, you know, working with others to craft a fantastic story. He needs someone to help guide him to make this good. It's kind of like George Lucas needing somebody to help him, you know, funnel his vision. Yeah. Just make sure that he has, he's bowling with guardrails. Yeah. 
so that'll be out in supposedly May, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it also this art article also throws some really as, astonishing last Ronin numbers here. You want to hear them? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the last Ronin sold eight hundred and forty thousand copies. Uh, that's between all of the five books and their uh, hardcover collection. Wow. Uh, the, the the hardcover has more than one hundred and twenty five thousand copies sold alone. Why did you get my copy? Yes, you do. Uh, and it says here the soft cover collection, which will most likely be here very soon, should push those total sales uh, for the first for the first run uh, over a million. Wow. Yeah. Big deal. That's that's cool. That's cool. Uh, very cool. Th- this uh, this is kind of a sidebar. IDW needs to get their act straight when it comes to naming things. Let me, okay. let me let me go off on a tangent here. So the last Ronin doesn't end up being a book that is the last of anything because they're making more of them. And that new series is the last Ronin colon the lost years. This special is the last Ronin colon lost days. So like all of these th- th- like too many similar named things in the, the current run, you have the. The the monthly book that comes out that's up to like 136 or whatever in the bottom right hand corner, since it's part of the Armageddon game story, there's an Armageddon game like bug on the bottom right hand corner. Cool. We get that. But concurrently, there is the Armageddon game uh, miniseries running with an Armageddon game, the Alliance uh, miniseries. On top of that, there was two prequel books called Armageddon Game Opening Moves, and then there were a couple that were like basically summaries of the previous books leading up to it that had another subtitle that was Armageddon Game something else. Like, ordering these books is frustrating because all of them are named Armageddon Game something. It is a little confusing. There could be a way to have it more concise. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like when I was at the comic shop with a... With Philip, he was like, "Do you have number three? And I just looked at him and said, "I don't know, dude. Which one is this?" And he was like, "Oh, this is um the Alliance." I was like, "Okay, I don't think I have that. Uh, I guess I'll call you from home if I do." It could be way worse. I I, I know like, it could be worse. It, it is bad, but I'm saying, like, imagine trying to get a Batman story that like bleeds onto every DC issue. All I'm asking for are definitively different names. That's it. Yeah. You know, everything starts with Armageddon game. There was, uh, th- yeah, th- I, I, that's, I guess I'm getting off my soapbox now, but it's just annoying. No, that's fine. Uh, it leads me, I like, I've already overbought a whole issue and a half or like three issues. I bought two copies of, cause I was like, I don't know. Do I have these? Hmm. Um, what's the next news topic, Jeff? Uh, I've got, I've got one here that says, uh, 707 street exclusive lounge fly Nickelodeon team and T light up turtle party wagon, mini backpack. So, uh, a company called 707 street, um, has this turtles party wagon, like light up mini backpack. So the, you know, the headlights light up. Um, you can see the turtles, you know, in the window and stuff. 
Um, very cool. I like that the zippers are pizza slices. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a pretty nice backpack, and like the liner's got like Master Splinter on the inside, um, which is weird but cool at the same time because the paneling's like you know comic style. Um, yeah. the bad news is, <laughs> apart from it being ninety five dollars, <laughs> um, it's already sold out. It is already sold out. It was a uh, ninety-five bucks, and it's already sold out, which means that it wasn't priced high enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is going to come back in stock. I don't see anywhere on here that it's you know limited edition or anything. Yeah. And it, it is. It's it's still technically a pre-order, I think. It's I possible. Be, I, I mean, could be wrong. They get out of stock. They could get more stock in. They have some other turtle stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but they have uh, a of nifty, like nerd centric uh, backpacks, and it's not just for the ladies. They got photos of the dudes that have the backpacks, which is uh, really cool. Uh, it, technically, they're not for the ladies, but these the mini backpacks are very much marketed towards ladies. Yeah, I mean the, they've got a photo with a lady. Yeah, or I should say, dudette. That has ah, do that. Aha, nice. Um, this is this this is cool for a few reasons. One, the lights light up. Yeah, like that's cool. Like that's that's a, that's a level of detail you don't see in you know backpacks and stuff. Yeah, and it's very handy if you need to like say you don't have your phone on you or a flashlight. You just hit the button on the you know the backpack and boom. <laughs> I. I I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak to how how bright the lights are gonna be. I don't know if they're functionally bright, or if they're just novelty bright. I mean, that looks like a uh, an LED bright. Well, because everything's LED. That that's true. LEDs are cheap, so. Uh, yeah. It, but it's cool because of that. Two. I think the coolest thing is that it, it is being marketed towards women, or dudettes, or girls, or you know, however you want to refer, refer to to the opposite sex. Yeah, um, because forever Ninja Turtle stuff has very much been marketed toyed toyed towards men and boys. Yeah, and to see this fly off the shelves so quickly either means boys are buying tiny backpacks or their marketing worked. Yeah, uh, but it's cool. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. Hopefully, it comes back in stock. There is a there is a an option to put your email in and notify me when it comes, if, and when it comes back in stock. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of sites have, I will say this. My only real complaint about the backpack is they keep using that same old stock art. Get do new art people. Why? Like those, those, that art is like synonymous with that era of the turtles. I'd rather them use that than like janky new stuff. It doesn't have to be janky. It can look more on, you know, point, but I'm just I'm just kind of tired of seeing the same stuff slapped on everything. Yeah. You know, change it up. The, the, clearly the money went into the design of the bag itself. And the, the bag is pretty spectacular looking. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, you hear that noise? Oh, Lord. That means it's flooded. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is uh, this just in. Breaking news, Jeff. Breaking news inside of news? No, this is this is yeah. Yes. Breaking news inside of news, Jeff. I, I don't have an actual sound bit for that, but uh, I was just sent a post um, via Instagram Ooh. that we both have been very much waiting for. It's hot off the presses, folks. Hot off the presses. Uh, I want to credit. Who is this? Uh, Dan Fogelberg. I want to I want to credit uh, at ghost underscore coffin. Uh, for hitting us up with this news, Waxworks Records has officially announced that the third TMNT movie vinyl will be going on sale Friday at 9 a.m. Holy cow. Yes. Two days from now. So so set, set those – set them uh, – hopefully this will be up. <laughs> hopefully I'll get this edited in time for this to matter. Uh, but, yeah, ch- check it out at Waxworks waxwork records um i don't know if there'll be a need to pre-order it uh because the the secret of the ooze ended up being distributed everywhere i've seen it at offbeat i've seen it you know at record shops everywhere so jump on it now wait till it hits something you know more local to you who knows but it is happening and it looks like the vinyl is going to be gold and green Ooh, yeah now, if we could just get that first vinyl repress. Look, look, that's just you. You're the one who didn't buy it. Look. I bought it, so joke's on you, sir. That's no. Don't 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 be a jerk. <laughs> uh yeah, yes. Yeah, so literally, literally came in just a few moments ago. Yeah. Cool. Um Let's see. We have a couple more news topics. You sent this to me. Let's go ahead and do this. So last episode, we talked about Rise being nominated for some some sort of industry award, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out the Rise of the TMNT movie has been nominated for an Annie. Ooh. I I don't know what the – I'm sure I could read – what the Annie Awards are. It's basically award shows for animated stuff. Really? I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, it is nominated for Best Character Design in a Feature. That is very cool. Which is really, really funny to me. Yeah. Really funny uh, considering how much you know, Yang, those character designs got when they were first announced like five years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so con- congratulations to the, the, uh, to the, to the talent, uh, who are involved with making the rise of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles movie. Uh, you're nominated. I don't know when the awards are. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to be televised or anything like that, but, uh, ho- I hope you win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been around, uh, since like 1972, um, and just the awards are just, you know, to announce, you know, uh, excellence in animation and cinema and TV and stuff. So, okay. Um, the only other, like, looks like they're up against Luck. I don't never I haven't seen Luck, uh, but I've heard of Puss in Boots, and they're up. It's up against the bad guys. 
Yeah, that's a really good movie. And something uh, something called Wendell and Wild. Looks like that's a, a Netflix joint. Oh, that's tough. That's stop motion. Yeah, uh, but this is character design, so who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And since we're talking about Rise, uh, let's just go ahead and throw this grenade into a into a you know crowded area. Uh, you sent me a tweet that is was designed to be clickbaity and start a fire. Um, the the tweet quote says. Rise of the Ninja Turtles is the number one worst rated TMNT series on IMDb with 5.4 out of 10 stars. Do you think the series deserves this rating? No. And also, that's impossible because next mutation. <laughs> uh, so it's adorable that you that you just you, you've gotten so. uh you get so angry when when this topic comes up. It's uh. <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a base response. I mean, like we've literally poured over every single episode and the movie. We we've given this a chance, and it's it's the closed-minded people that just take one look at it and it's like, oh, not my Ninja Turtles. So okay, okay. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, it's it's way better than a 5.4. It's definitely not the worst rated one, um, but I, I think looking at the analytics is really the only place that you can find some value in any of these numbers. And also, okay. to, you know, the numbers are stupid. Rotten Tomatoes, garbage. All the stuff. No, 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 Jeff. No, no, no. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm tired of it. Watch, watch it for yourselves. Enjoy. Don't listen to the hate that others, you know, throw out there. It's, it's toxic fandom. Just, just stop. Uh, that you're, you're, you're stop, no, Jeff. And for, for the record, it is not the lowest. It's, it might be the lowest rated cartoon. It's not the lowest rated TMNT series. Uh, and the next mutation is at a four point two. See. So the tweet See? wasn't even accurate. But my point is places like Rotten Tomatoes absolutely have value. Eh. Critics critics are trained to be able to, you know, speak intelligently about movies and music and television and, and video games. And there is value to like a critic's consensus on whether or not something is good. You may disagree with it, and that doesn't make either of you wrong, but the aggregate of those opinions is where the consensus comes from. See, you're and talking about critics like they're people. Th- they are. They're, they're you, you're, I don't know what critics did to you. They didn't do anything to me. They, they are a – just because a critic disagrees with you doesn't mean either of you are wrong. But if you take – you know, 150 critics who literally get paid to watch and review movies, the consensus is usually going to be pretty, you know, pretty accurate. Now, where the problem here is, is this is a user user rating system. A lot of people who don't who don't like Rise or just don't like Rise from the jump didn't watch it, can't put together, you know, five sentences as to why it's bad. And therefore, since there are no 
barriers to entry with user ratings, their their voice counts just as much as me or yours. Is that fair? Maybe. No, no, it's not. If you never watch the show and you just hate it because you don't like that Raphael looks funny, then you shouldn't count. But user ratings don't care. User ratings don't care. Now, where the value in these user ratings really come in uh, is looking at the demographics. When you look at the demographics on it, the number of people who score it highly are typically under the age of 29. Mm-hmm. Typically, the people who scored low are over the age of 30. If you look at the numbers, the younger they skew, the higher the score goes. Okay, and that that number changes even far even more when you look at the demographics by sex. Female female users, the younger and more female they are, the higher the score is. The older and more male they are the lower the score is so it i guess it's all in the context of who's watching it obviously uh 5.4 is not a great score it's but user scores aren't really aren't that valuable especially when you have something is especially when something is being review bombed because of something stupid yeah yeah so uh, shame shame cartoon at the cartoon base yeah uh, yeah yeah your tweet not only is very clickbaity and i don't like it but also your facts are wrong and get them straight move on oh to quote mikey from rise get your mind right exactly and we have more breaking news uh-oh uh, just, I was, I was perusing the Waxworks, uh, Waxwork Records Instagram, <laughs> and apparently the original 90s motion picture vinyl will also be on sale on Friday. Oh, snap. So you can buy all three in one fell swoop. Very good. Very good. Because two's coming back in stock too. That's true. Two with the weird vinyl color. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I didn't see that at all. Good, good, good catch. So uh, let's see. Does that say that it, the first movie is going to be on CD as well? Awesome. Yep. So that means I can get in. Okay. Okay. I'll be caught up and I can finally unsubscribe to all those emails. Until they do TMNT. Uh, I doubt that'll happen, but we'll see. Hey. We'll see. Ooh, imagine just framing all three of these in one nice long frame. That'd be nice. That'd be Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we've spent plenty of time talking about news. Let's take our break. That way we can get to our main topic. Let me know when you're ready. Punch it. Okay. And we're back. Oh, well, Jeff, it's time for our main topic. And, 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 and last time we did not announce what our main topic was going to be because we didn't know. That's right. But two weeks have passed and we have since made that decision and we have read all the comics that we were going to read. And since you've clicked on this episode, you probably already know we're talking about the Batman Turtles crossover number two, which would mean it's two episodes in a row where we've covered this series. 
Hey, we don't. And, and, and look, folks, you don't have to wait like, you know, a year for us to jump back into it uh, <laughs> or six months. Like if I was just going to come out and be honest and say the reason we did this is because Jeff has been busy this week with Smash Brothers stuff. Yeah, that was a really freaking busy day. Yeah, yeah. Life got in the way, so we had to do something that was pretty simple. And six issues is pretty simple. Yeah. And so that's why you're getting a double dose of uh, Bruce Wayne in back to back. We promise next episode will be about something else. Did we did we tell the good good people we got new logos and stuff? Oh, snap. No. Brand new. Yeah. Uh, OK. All right. Well, then then let's let's. Quick, quick play the what's in Sergio's box music again right here. Okay, yeah. So in my inbox uh, is our brand new Shellheads logo. Ooh, it's got that new car smell. Yeah, I, like I don't know if you, you noticed it, you know, on the podcast you're listening to, or if you subscribe to us on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Um, You'll see that we've changed our uh, our logos. It's a fantastic, fantastic new picture drawn uh, by Rusty Bucket Inc. or at Rusty underscore Bucket underscore Inc. on Instagram. Uh, he pre- last year he he surprised us by sending us some Christmas cards. We liked the art on them so much. I reached out and said, "Hey, uh, his name's Danny Sanders." I was like, "Dude, can 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 you do these in like a digital format?" And he Jumped right on it, got it over to us quick. I was able to uh, put a put a logo around all of it, and there it is, the brand new Shellheads logo. It's so freaking beautiful, and also hopefully he's taller than actual Danny. <laughs> I just want to thank uh, Danny for drawing those out so we could put the logo together. I could not be happier. Uh, it will be our logo for the foreseeable future. Until I get a hair up my, you know, whatever, up my whatever to be like, well, let's try something different. But I don't see that happening for a while. I really dig this one. Well, it also, you know, it's yes, I agree with all of that. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased with the design. It looks just like a just absolute banger. Uh, but but hey, let's close this out. Thank you, Danny. Gracias. OK, now back to Batman. Six more issues of Batman and Ninja Turtles. Uh, this time, this, this story kind of flip-flops on us. Uh, w- before we get started, uh, what'd you think? Man, I was not a, I was not prepared for the emotional roller coaster that this story was. Really? Yeah. Like it went into some, into some directions I didn't expect. Um. Uh. Okay. I guess I can see that. I. I like if I'm being honest, I like this one significantly less than the first. Really? The I first like six. Yeah. I like it even more. Oh, OK. OK. Hot take. <laughs> like neither one of them is, you know, is, is necessarily bad. And there's some they do some really, really cool stuff in Turtle World in this one. But I, I just don't think it pops. And I think there are some really questionable story moments that. It almost bother me. I'm no, I'm going to come out. There's one that absolutely bothers me, but we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, I guess that's where we jump into issue one. You ready? Yes. 
Okay, the book opens up with uh, a man running down the streets uh, because he's scared of the four giant monster turtles who are riding what looks to be science fiction skateboards down the sewer. <laughs> Uh, and then they run into the Foot Clan, who we very quickly learn are kind of splintered now that – no pun intended uh, – now that the Shredder is in jail after the adventures of the first crossover. Karai, having previously had a truce with the Turtles, are like, everything's you know out the window now because you put our leader in jail. And so uh, the Turtles fight and blah, 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 blah. They come across some elite guard to beat those. Uh, they kind of get the best of Donatello, uh, and he's kind of he he leaves the the fight injured and and kind of not only is he physically bruised but his his ego is really really broken. Mm-hmm. Cut to Batman Land. They they discover they have discovered a Lazarus Lazarus pit underneath Goth- Gotham, which I don't I don't even know how any of that works. Um, but I know what a Lazarus pit is. I just don't know how you just find one. It's like, oh, I spilled a bunch of chemicals here. Eh. Doesn't matter. They're setting up future plot stuff. Uh, turtle, back in the turtle lair, we find out Donatello is so, his ego is so broken, and he is really, really upset that he's just not as good of a ninja as his brothers. And, man, my brains are smart and they're great, but I'm not as good as my brothers, and I'm going to be all butthurt about that. Uh, that butthurtness... Uh, drives Donatello to go through the portal and visit Batman in Batman land. Uh, there he pops through immediately when, uh, as he opens the portal, he's attacked by a bunch of, uh, f- foot elite guard, uh, which kind of causes the worlds to, uh, you know, cross over in a way that they didn't before. And Bane ends up coming over into Ninja Turtle world into New York. Uh, and it also sends Donatello into Gotham. And that's kind of the premise of the entire story. Donatello screwed up and used the portal, uh, like, you know, lackadaisically, I guess is the word, and screwed up and sent Bane into New York. And that's where the first issue, you know, leads off. Uh, What you got? So I absolutely... Love the art on these. Um, I'm not too happy with the butthurt Donatello feelings because I I don't you know I re- I really don't like that like right off the bat like mm-hmm. have we really we really haven't like seen him kind of be that way I guess as much in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, you would be disappointed when an invention failed or, you know, something doesn't go right or but, you know, it's not. I, at least I don't recall him saying, oh, I'm not as good as my brothers in fighting or whatever, because he's good. He doesn't rely always on his tech and stuff like that because he's more than that. But you hit the nail on the head there, sir. To portray Donatello as this this character who like can't emotionally handle losing a fight because he, you know, he's not ninja enough, which one thing they've never established that he's any less skilled than his brothers. If anything, he's so smart. He doesn't need, you know, a complex weapon. He just uses a stick because he's, 
disciplined enough to know he doesn't need anything more than that. Yeah. Uh, sure, he probably is not as good as Leonardo, and he's not as strong as Raphael, and probably not as physically gifted as Michelangelo, but he's smarter, thus that translates into him being a good fighter. Yeah. Because he uses his brain. For him to be so, like, so affected by this fight that he does something that he knows is reckless is so far out of character that it kind of takes me out of this entire series. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 And, and don't get me wrong, portraying a teenager to, to to respond emotionally to a, you know, to a defeat like that is not far fetched. Right. However, of the four turtles, to, to to burden with this plot, he is the least of the four that it fits on. Yeah. Like, I could absolutely see a Leonardo doing this. I could 100% see Michelangelo and Raphael doing this as well. Donatello, it, it, it just does not jive with his character at all. Yeah. And I get that, they, you know, it has to be Donatello because he's got to be the one that pulls the lever on the, you know, on the machine – but does it like couldn't it have been written as Michelangelo sneaks off into Donatello's lab and he's like, which one of these buttons sends me to Batman? Oh, it's this one. And boom, yeah. he's in, you know, Gotham. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be Donatello, at least not at this point in the story. Uh, but but the thing is that this sets the ball, gets the ball rolling in a direction that leads this entire six book story astray despite there being so many cool things in it yeah and that's just my opinion yeah i I would say that is my absolute biggest complaint about all of these books yeah yeah um otherwise like the conceit of you know bane slipping through accidentally when a turtle goes through like that that sets up that the action is going to happen in new york instead of gotham yeah, which means that we're playing in, you know, Turtles land and with Turtles characters more, which is, makes it inherently a bit more of a Turtles story. Yeah. So that's exciting. It is. It really is. Yeah. And of all of Batman's villains, Bane is a fun one. Fun mm. one to bring over. He really, really is. Uh, do you have any like nuggets? Um, let's see. Well, for a brief second, kind of in the beginning pages, like when Donatello was hit by one of the foot elite, you see a um, uh, one of the, the the turtle com, which kind of looks like the uh, the eighties turtle com a bit. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I see it. There it is. Um, and we'll we'll get back to more of that good stuff later. Yeah, because uh, there's some other stuff coming. Um. But uh, I do I do really dig the um, the uh, jet skateboards or you know hoverboards or whatever they're. <laughs> uh, they look really just funky. Yeah, yeah, and it's thrown together. <laughs> one one thing that I absolutely appreciate here is situational goggles and tech suit for Donatello. Yeah. So like in the beginning, he has those little glass goggle things on and he's got these, you know, the, the, the 
the tech on his on his uh, shell, it's because he's running, you know, basically doing all these tests with these this new equipment. Like situationally, he needed that. Yeah. After that scene, he wasn't wearing it. Right. Like, that's fine. You know how much I hate tech backpack, tech backpack Donatello. So, it, yeah. them doing it right is encouraging. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the art as much as you do, but it's the same. I believe it's the same artist as last time, and I, my complaints are still the same. Like some of these panels, they look real funky. In other panels, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You know, it's just real up and down. Uh, let's jump to book two. Book two. Okay, the issue opens with uh, Batman talking to Ra's al Ghul, uh, basically just to obtain a a component, a mystery component that we don't even know what it's to. Um, they have a, share a lot of words back and forth for such a small, meaningless scene. Uh, cut to Donatello and uh, Robin, or Damien, uh, as they're being chased by Mr. Freeze, who... Uh, is in his looks like an ice snowplow, uh, and they from him they also need to steal a mystery component for something. We find out that the the pieces that they were collecting were to put together a a portal device to get Donatello home and to get Bane back. Uh, so they're now in at Wayne Inter- Enterprises, and they're joined by Batgirl and Lucius. Uh, they're, you know, really worried about what has happened in New York with, you know, with Bane there. And so they turn on the portal and Batman, Robin and Donatello step through. When they step through, New York City is on fire. So basically it's hit the fan uh, when they get back. Yeah. Bane, uh, meanwhile, has taken over the Foot Clan, you know, because he's, you know, the, the strongest person in the universe. Uh, and the size and- of, you know, the Empire State Building. Yes, yeah, he's he's huge, uh, and we see him recruiting Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, and basically they establish that he's been wrecking shop since he's been there. Uh, so much so that, that apparently Michelangelo is injured, and he is overreacting. Uh, they're returning to the lair with with uh, Casey and April, and when they get there, who's who's there is but Donatello, Batman, and Robin in the Turtles' lair. Uh, they're hanging out with Splinter. Uh, they share pleasantries, explain what's going on. Uh, they explain what the Venom is, uh, what Bane uses it for, what it does to the user. Cut back to Bane, who has full-on taken over the Foot Clan uh, and taken Baxter Stockman hostage, uh, making him uh, create more Venom because he only came through with the tank that was on his back. And that is the end of the issue. Uh, I just want to start off by saying, if this is truly set in the IDW universe, which I know technically it's not, that Baxter Stockman would not just be, you know, the pushover who creates more venom. Right. Like, he would be creating a poison venom that would kill Bane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's beside the point. What would you think of issue two? I like this one a bit more uh, than the uh, previous issue, um, you know, just because, you know, you're getting more story. You're getting more stuff as you would in a second issue. 
six part story. Oh man, some of these panels just really freaking pop, man. Like when when Bane shows up in uh with the foot soldiers in Bebop and Rocksteady are there. That's just a that's a beautiful freaking page. Just like you know, I love how <laughs> the foot soldiers or foot ninja, either way, they're just there's like cockroaches. There's so many of them everywhere. <laughs> And it's it's just I, I love that just overwhelming outnumbered and there's no there's no slowing down to any of them. Yeah. 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 I, like I kind of have the same opinion as you like this is a better issue. Uh, I, I like that it's actually starting to deal with the consequences of Donatello's actions. Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't really think the issue it hits its stride until they come back to New York. Yeah. And that's about halfway through a lot of the stuff before that is, uh, I, I don't want to say filler, but you know, we don't need that chase through the, you know, through the street with Mr. Freeze. We don't need much of that conversation with, uh, Ra's al Ghul. You know, of course there is one piece of that that we need later, but that could have been said another way. Like it's, it feels like there's a lot of wasted space on stuff that is unnecessary. Like there's no, there's no reason to have this scavenger hunt for, you know, parts. Like they're just going to glue these secret parts together that they get from bad guys. It, it, I just kept waiting for it to get to the point. It's video game logic. D- yeah, I guess. You Collect know, the pieces to make the thing. And then assemble the thing. And, you know, I was like, oh, you need that one legendary piece left. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, because as soon as they come back through and then New York is burning, that's where this issue pops. It really does. You know, because then we see Bebop and Rocksteady and how they fit into the equation and then Bane in front of all of those, uh, f- you know, foot ninjas. This is, this is where it gets interesting. All of that other stuff is like, Again, this is a six-issue miniseries. I personally could have probably carved out enough to make this a five-issue miniseries. Yeah. But that's a, barely a complaint. It's it's just it, – I guess it's just a me thing. I don't know. It could be a you thing. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? I do really like now, since Bane has taken over the Foot Clan – uh, they are sporting his look on their faces and on their chests. Dude, that 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 Foot Clan seamstress works real fast. Very fast. I mean, I don't want to say sweatshop. They got a sweatshop maybe in th- up in the uh, Foot headquarters. Uh, probably. Working it's, overtime. It's right next to all the video games and cigarettes. Yep. <laughs> I mean. You got to put them kids to work. I, look, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. When they're not when they're not uh, stealing things, they're they're <laughs> sewing outfits. The introduction of you know Bane saying here, I need more of this, and that's the promise of the next issue is what is Bane gonna do with all of this venom he's making? Yeah, like that's that's the exciting cliffhanger that we're left on. Yeah, outside of the you know. The character issue there with Baxter Stockman, I feel like th- I feel like it works really well. 
Yeah, Baxter is definitely playing like, you know, the the cowardly, you know, character. But I mean, wouldn't you if like, a, you know, what, 20 foot tall, all muscle guy was towering over you? No, not if I'm Baxter Stockman. Like, that's the thing. I would because I'm Sergio. If I'm Baxter Stockman, specifically the one from IDW or even the one from uh, the Mirage universe, like arguably any black version of Baxter Stockman, except for the 2012 series, like would would find a way to stand up to this dude. Yeah. But, you know, this is the fiction they are weaving. So I guess we have to live with it. Yeah. Uh, Issue three. Issue three. So the issue opens up with Casey, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Damien uh, playing a board game. Is that what that is? It's playing In, a video game. Is that a video game? Oh, yeah, it's Laser Pony Racers. Yeah, that's right. It's a video game. And Damien gets beaten, and he kind of, you know, sulks a little bit. And then very quickly, him and Raphael spark up a fight. Uh, then we, we cut to Donatello, Batman, and no, I'm sorry, Leonardo, Batman, and Splinter, who are basically doing reconnaissance on Bane and his uh, his Venom follies. Uh, we learn that he he has gotten Baxter to not only create more Venom, but to create a different strain of it that uh, includes Mutagen, which I guess is really inconvenient for Baxter's character, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we learn that he's currently injecting both Bebop and Rocksteady with uh, the fluid, and they are becoming bohemoths. Uh, cut back to Donatello, and he is, uh, like, full-on emo now. Uh, he he is just inconsolably sad that he has brought this type of destruction and terror on New York. Uh, so much so that he cries in April's arms. I don't see tears, but... I guess that's implied crying. Uh, and, he, and he wishes there was more he could do. Uh, Raphael and Damien are just beating the piss out of each other. Uh, in in the lair. Uh, and the, the other characters are just watching. Just, hey, okay, this is just a fight. This is happening. And it goes on for a lot, a lot of pages. Uh, until... Leonardo, Splinter, and Batman show up and basically say, get ready, stop fighting, grow up. We're moving on Bane tonight. They immediately cut to uh, moving on Bane, and uh, it becomes very very real very quickly. They find out that, hey, this is a trap, uh, and they are having to deal with the mutagen-infused, venom-infused Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, as they're, you know, trying to catch Baxter Stockman or stop Baxter Stockman from doing whatever he's going to do. Apparently he's already done it. Uh, through an accident, uh, several canisters of mutagen are broken upon the head of Baxter, and he turns into the lovable fly man that we, that we know. Uh, they're then surrounded by venom-infused foot ninjas, Uh, who are now basically just mini Banes all over the room, uh, and they are outnumbered and out-muscled. The heroes are in a bad spot. Bane then tells them, you must submit or die to be continued. 
So they've really stepped into it, haven't they, Jeff? Indeed, they have, Sergio. What'd you think? I like this one um, a lot. Um, you know, the story is getting better, you know, than the first issue. My favorite moment, um, you know, when we've already stated we're not a fan of Emo Donatello because that's just not <laughs> what he is. Right. Um, but the moment that he's by himself and April comes to check on him and that is and she just embraces him. And that's just a very just a loving and tender moment. I just I really liked that. If it was Raphael, he would have just slapped him in the face and was like, snap out of it. <laughs> yeah. You're a freaking ninja turtle. Seeing Bane experiment on Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, it, it gives it does give me flashbacks to the original eighties cartoon. I was like, is this you sure it's gonna give us all them powers you've been talking about, man? <laughs> it's a terrible street thug accent. I have to say it's fantastic. Considering you're from Mississippi, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you. You give me more credit. Um, and then we cut to in you know the first one we had Leo and Batman sparring, but now we get Raphael and Damien, which are basically you know two half was it two halves of the same hole, whatever you know, whatever. Yeah, the two is. sides of the same coin. Yeah, and yeah. just both are just wailing on each other. Mikey's just like enjoying popcorn. I was like, mm-hmm. this is fine. This is fine. This is, you know, who needs TV? This is entertainment. <laughs> uh, to, to your two previous points, like, the Raphael Damien fight is leveraging two characters properly. Yeah. that That's what that is. That's what this whole book should be. Right? Yeah. The, the, the Donatello April thing, while a tender moment, on its on the surface looks looks like it could be good or it should be good. I, there's one line that just doesn't sit with me well. Okay. Okay. It's in Donatello's last word bubble. There it says, "What the heck am I supposed to do to to make this right? I just don't know what anybody needs me for." Oh, that, see that just that hurts. Like I see that it's supposed to, but ew, ew. From that turtle, you. I mean, look, and we're not, we're not, you know, complaining about people that legitimately have struggles and issues and stuff like that. That's all very valid. Mental health is very important. Yes, absolutely. But if it's in, this is just not written very well. You're right. Especially that one word bubble. Like when I read it, I. Like some people are probably supposed to get chills because of how emotional it is. I got chills because I was like, oh, why did they do this? Yeah. In that context, the the weight of it, the you know, just the that heaviness, um, and having more emotional scars, I can understand that. But it just, it just, you know, yeah. You you guys get what we're where we're you know yeah aiming this at again. All, all of this. Like burdening the Donatello character with something so far out of his character is is what the problem is here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but continue. I interrupted you. I didn't want to lose those two thoughts. No, I had. no, that's fine. That's 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 what we're you know we just 
rubber band off each of one another. So that's, you know, it's good. Um, so yeah, I really like the, the Raphael Damien fight, um, a lot. Uh, Damien's a, a, a fireball man, just like, <laughs> you know, there's all different iterations of, of Robin and he's, oh God, he's probably the, the, the roughest around the edges. Uh, oh, absolutely. And like, I don't know much about all of the different Robins and how they differ, but when it comes to portrayals, I'm happiest with, you know, like with Damon or Damien, like he's, yeah, he's making every instance I've seen him has made me very happy. Yeah. It's, it's very much the, I want to say it's the, the, the straight man against the funny guy, but they're both straight men. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, you've got, it's just like grinding teeth or two concrete blocks together. You know, and so that does make for an interesting, you know, dynamic. Yeah. Duo. One thing I didn't like about Damien in this book is so what's with him calling the turtles TT? Didn't get my joke there, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get your joke at all. No, I'll tell you, that makes it for an interesting dynamic duo. Oh, that's, oh okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> thing is for yeah i i don't i feel like they were trying to be clever and it just it's not i don't i don't, I don't get it i don't get it yeah. maybe it maybe it's a damien thing that i'm not familiar with i don't know um this this book ends on a, on a real high note i don't see why they had to mutate back mutate baxter yeah but sure like like you have an entire room full of muscle bound you know monsters what is a frail little fly man gonna do yeah <laughs> uh but like the, the story's getting to the point that it needs to get so i'm um, it, it's pleasing overall yeah yeah we got a beautiful splash page of um you know after the turtles and batman and damien break into wherever foot headquarters or you know wherever they are yeah um, you know, Batman being like, where is it? You know, whatever. <laughs> that was a good Batman. So thank you. <laughs> um, and we get this beautiful splash page of Bebop and Rocksteady just like jumping what looks to be through the ceiling. Or, yeah. Yeah. Just through a brick wall. That's just, I love that splash page. That's really nice. It'd be yeah. great if it was like clean without word bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. But it, this is a comic book, so it's a comic book, you know. But you time. know, what would be, you know, what would be a really cool feature of like digital comics, you know, you know, the, like the official, like the official DC app. Read our comics here. Like yeah. if there was like a hold the button down to remove the word bubble bubbles, just to enjoy the art. Yeah, like hold the but hold the screen down and the word bubbles will disappear, so you can enjoy the Batman. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be cool. Uh, but let's let's keep it moving unless you got something else. Mm, nope. All the other nuggets and goodies are coming up. Uh, we open with April and Casey at the portal trying to figure out why this thing's not doing anything. Uh, but I guess that's just a you know breadcrumb for later. The giant battle we've been waiting for is happening. 
and it takes up a large portion of this uh, portion of this issue. Uh, Batman and the Turtles are fighting, of course, uh, Bane, the Foot Clan, or yeah, the Foot Clan, and Bebop and Rocksteady, who are all juiced up with the Venom. Uh, at at one point, Raphael, of course, takes on uh, Bane one on one, and he almost gets his back broken like Batman did. I did catch that. Um, and then you know Splinter jumps in and keeps that from happening. But it really turns into this weird story about brains versus brawn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know a huge collapse at the at the Foot headquarters, and uh, it, it allows the turtles and their allies to escape. Uh, except Splinter is basically on his deathbed because of the injuries sustained trying to save Raphael. Bane and his crew have to leave because the venom is apparently leaking and Stockman is like, we must preserve the venom uh, that will fight later, blah, 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 blah. So both parties escape. Uh, They get back to the lair and they're trying to keep Splinter alive. And Donatello is even more uh, distraught uh, because he, you know, watched his father try to uh, use his, you know, his brain and his tactics and his skills to defeat someone, you know, like a hundred times larger than him, uh, only to be rendered nearly dead. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it was this issue or another issue. Uh, Batman talks about, you know, the the effects of venom on the body and effects the effects of venom on all the you know people who are in there, uh, who are in there, who are in, you know, who currently have the venom in their body. Donatello, he just, you know, makes this logical conclusion it's like there's there's nothing else to be done like we've got a sample of this venom we need to juice you know the the only way to beat juice is with juice is basically what he says uh batman comes out and he says that's not the answer i've done that before dude it's not the way to go uh the toll that'll take on your body blah 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 blah. you know you know fatherly advice Mm-hmm. that Donatello just has no intention on taking. Uh, we see a shot of Karai and her band of of loyal foot ninjas. They're obviously very mad at Bane for you know doing everything he's doing, which also sets up some breadcrumbs for later. Uh, cut to Bane putting a Bane mask on the Statue of Liberty, which is hilarious. Um, Donatello, we, we then close the issue with Donatello putting together a Venom backpack to juice himself and become basically Hulk Donatello. Yeah, that, that's how the issue ends. Uh, what'd you think? Look, you know, I really freaking dug that. Like, I'm like, of course he's going to get crunked. Um, you know, they've done something like this in the past, like in the cartoon, like in the 2K3. Donnie turns into like a, you know, weird roided out Hulk mutant. Um, they did it in Red Sky season with yep. all four turtles mutations going, you know, being unstable and crazy. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. Fun. Not, not to mention the dark turtles in uh, Fast Forward. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, that aspect I really enjoy um, a lot. And, man, we get a lot in this issue. Lots of good action beats. I 
literally thought Bane was about to break, and he literally was about to break Raphael's back, or mm-hmm. literally break him in half over his knee. Um, I love that opening, the uh, the second page, that big splash page with the turtles and uh, Splinter and uh, Batman and Robin, and them all being surrounded. It's just freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about that panel is those two other panels. Like they could have just left those panels. <laughs> you could just see because you know, it's covering up stuff. You're so, like that's the thing. It's not covering up stuff. There's only foot soldiers behind it. We know that. But still, you know, that, like for someone reading a comic book, you're so angry at it being a comic book. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just a lover of fine splash pages, good sir. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and this is something that kind of permeates the entire six books, but the way Bane talks, like, is hilarious to me. Yeah. He's just so verbose in everything he says, and he 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 talks like what, what was the joke that Michelangelo made? I was like, this guy thinks he's William Protein Shakespeare. Yes, I laughed out loud. That's really good when I read that line. It's so really fun, fun, and it's a fantastic line. Yeah. Um, and, and the more like it. The way Bane talks, I'm sure this is from the comics. I'm I'm not again not super familiar with Batman stuff, like the the nuances of it. But every, the more and more he talked like that, the deeper in the series it got, the funnier it got to me. Yeah, because it's just so ludicrous. Uh, I do have a real big complaint. Not about this book or the story in this one. Actually, the story in this one is kind of okay across the board. I don't see really any any major flaws. Except the cover. Really? Uh, the cover literally spoils the cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. W- what? Why? Why is this not the cover of issue five? I don't know. It, yeah, it, I, I get you have to sell comic books. And you want to put something cool in on the cover. But that's that's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, And the last thing I want to say about this issue is they've been, again, sprinkling breadcrumbs about how they're going to finish this out ever since, I believe, like book two. Right. With the Ra's al Ghul scene and in this one, the case in April scene. And then finally, the the uh, the Karai scene at the end, like they're pointing us in the direction that they're going. Uh, they're just not spending a lot of time doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, which I guess is good. Like, don't waste panels if you don't have to. Yeah. Because, you know, then they might have to put panels on top of panels, and we know how you feel about that. All right. <laughs> you can, uh... I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry, because I think that's really funny, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, move on to issue five. Uh, let me see if we got any nuggies. Oh, wait, we got some nuggies. Oh, nuggies. We, we see the, um, basically 
Donatello's portable portal from the cartoon mm-hmm. uh, in the turtles layer. And then we see the eighties cartoon turtle van, which is my favorite version of the turtle van. Yeah. Um, that's the right version of the turtle van. Yeah. I love that, you know, Bane is basically trying to take over New York. And so he put, I don't know how, again, those, those foot seamstresses, man, <laughs> working overtime to make a gigantic Bane mask to put on the Statue of Liberty. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. The more ridiculous it is, the the funnier and better I think it is. I mean, look, he's he's a freaking luchador wrestler. I mean, you know, I yeah. love luchador. I love luchadors. I love you know the sport. It's just weird and fun. And yeah. when Bane is not talking like, you know, a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger or you know just a you know off sounding Mexican guy, uh, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> Is that it for nuggets? Um, I believe so. Yes. Awesome. Then. Okay. Let's move on to issue five. Uh, I, I have issue with the cover of issue. I have issue with the cover of this issue too. Uh, yeah, because it, issue. Yeah. It clearly has, uh, Splinter dipping himself into the Lazarus pit. See, two spoilers back to back. Yeah, two covers. Like, come on, man. Um, the issue starts with Donatello it, it, immediately where you want, immediately where you want it to. Donatello just tearing through some elite guard, right, as his new Hulk self. I'm sorry, Bane self. He's very quickly intercepted by Leonardo and Batman, who try to get him to stand down and try to convince him that what he's done is a mistake uh, and that we can we have to find another way to beat Bane. Uh, He fights both of them uh, and they go back and forth, uh, cut to the lair where both Damien and Raphael are sitting, you know, around Splinter, who is still kind of on his deathbed, uh, and they both seem to, you know, put their their petty little boy feud behind them. Uh, Michelangelo is sitting with April and Casey uh, as they are preparing to receive delivery of something through the portal. Uh, Obviously, we know where this is going. So uh, we cut back to Leonardo, Batman and Donatello who are still fighting each other. No, no sign of any more bad guys. Uh, Batman has a long speech uh, and Donatello, you know, is talking back to him. It's just basically giving him, uh, trying to give him what he needs to learn that Donatello, you're the only person who can fix this. You're the only person who has the knowledge to help us get out of this, but you can't do it in the state that you're in. The state that you're in is compromised. It's not what the story, you know, that's not what we need to finish this story. Right. Uh, cut to underneath Gotham City. We have uh, Batgirl. And now Nightwing. Yes, yeah, that is not. I knew that's Nightwing. But for some I always get him and Red Hood mixed up, mixed up. But he's not red. He's never mind. He's an old Robin. Uh, they have brought uh, Damien and Raphael have brought. Splinter to the Lazarus pit to 
heal his wounds and bring him back to life. Also to fight him when he goes feral, uh, which apparently is a thing when you dip, you know, when you use the Lazarus pit. Batman and Leonardo bring Donatello a molecular structure that they know he will recognize and be able to manipulate. He sees it and in his Bane state is like, wait a minute, I've got an idea. Uh, cut to Bane, who is uh, preparing his message to the world, uh, basically saying, kneel before Zod uh, uh, or, you know, I will crush you. Just a very, very join me or you're dead situation. Uh Cut back to the lair. All of the parties have returned from Gotham, including Nightwing and Batgirl. Uh, Splinter is all better, and they're ready, you know, ready for the big final battle. Batman, Donatello, and Leonardo show up. Donatello has an idea. Uh, they, of course, explain what happened in Gotham. No big deal. We know that we knew that already. Uh, and then there's the big coming out party for Bane and his. Uh, and his army. He, he changes all the flags on Liberty Island. He, you know, has his public address hit all of New York. Uh, he is he is started his big final final mission. Right. Uh, Donatello uh, develops a basically a a mist out of an anti venom that will depower anyone who breathes it. Uh, he uses it to immediately depower himself from the venom. Uh, and the plan is now being hatched. Uh, we see the last page we're left with is Batman breaking into the prison that the Shredder is hanging out in, because, of course, he's in jail, uh, knocking out all the guards and letting Shredder go. He's like, hey, we need you. Your you boys are acting out is basically what he says and throws him his armor, which I was kind of hoping we could get through a turtle story without Shredder in it, but not introducing him until the last page of issue five is like that's kind of the perfect place to bring him into this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of this one? Man, it's getting it, it's getting more intense. Um, You know, uh that just that opening with Donnie just going full ham on everybody. Cause you know, he's, he's, he's got the power of the roids <laughs> on his side. Super roids. I'm sorry. Yeah. Times 50. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some really good dialogue in this one between him and Batman. Yeah. Or more specifically Batman at him. Man, just and I love those moments. I mm -hmm. really, really do, because it, it comes from the from his experience that he, you know, he had said in uh, an issue that he had to take the venom. He didn't have a choice, you know, yeah. and he was like, I know, you know, what it's basically like to feel like a god and that power. It's just, and it's the same thing for any kind of like, you know, drug use. You feel okay for a while, but you're gonna crash. Yep. The, 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 the come down is never good. And I really like those moments. And then there's moments with uh, where Damien, uh, you know, Master Splinter is, you know, still, you know, 
not doing well. And so those moments with Damien and Raphael are really nice. I really like those. Um, yeah. Yes. And again, just hitting it out of the park with yep. Damien and Raphael. Yeah. Just batting a thousand with that, that plot line. It's just a very, very good pairing. Yeah. Uh, man, so many of these panels, like there's a, there's a panel where, uh, Leo and Batman are fighting, uh, Hulk Donnie. I just, I love that panel a lot. And when they just, they finally just kind of, you know, get through to him. Like you, you gotta, you gotta chill, man. You just gotta, you, you, you gotta relax. Yeah. Yeah. That very last panel after they show him the, you know, the molecular structure and you can just see the disgust of in himself on his face. Yeah. Like, like that is the best thing that they did with Donnie. Yeah. Like other than, of course, giving him the roids is that's great. Like that's all expected, but that panel and him seeing, Oh, I did screw up like this. Like the initial thing wasn't the screw up. This is the screw up. Yeah. Like that's, that's a really as, as up and down as the art is here, that's a really good shot. It's cool to see Nightwing and Batgirl. I, I don't know that it was necessary. Yeah, you know, I, I think maybe DC was like, "Hey, there's not enough bat stuff in your story. You need to add a character or two before you draw this thing." Yeah, I don't know. It it was cool. It was like it was cool to have a big family meeting and you know include more of the family. I guess. Yeah, I really, um, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, I really liked like Michelangelo's reaction to seeing Giant Donnie. Like, whoa, buddy, you've been working out a lot, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, just kind of chilling on the arcade game. Like, oh, by the way, you know, big guys in the house. And this isn't a complaint. Like, I don't really have any complaints about this book or the previous one, like hard complaints. But yet again, there's stuff here that seems a bit tacked on. Yeah. Um. Like, I understand that you injure Splinter to fuel the emotional story that you're telling with Donatello. Like, that's that's an effective fuel. But the impromptu trip over to Gotham to dip him in a Lazarus, Lazarus pit. Yeah. And then, and then don't even dedicate any panels to him, you know, being in a rage until after he's back. Right. Seems wasteful. Yeah. You know, don't do that unless you're going to show us the cool part of that. And yeah. th- there was literally one panel and it was after we already learned that everything went, went okay. Uh, right. Yet again, that, that's, that's another, that's another thing that, you know, you lift right out of the story and you don't lose much story. Yeah. How many times has, has Splinter been injured and all the turtles have been morose and sad about it, but he was healed somehow without a magic pit. You know, the, 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 yeah. the pit is the pit is not necessary for this. Right. Yet, yet again, another way to cull this thing down to five issues, but you got to sell comics, right? Yeah. Uh, that's really all I got. Yeah. Let's finish this thing out by talking about issue six. So the issue starts with Bane sitting on his throne inside the Statue of Liberty. 
Donatello is in the turtle blimp uh, flying towards Liberty Island while the other turtles are in some cramped space. They haven't really told us what that is yet. <laughs> when Donatello's flying towards Liberty Island, the he's attacked by foot elites and it is then revealed that not only is he is Donatello equipped with his gas, but that gas is also what he filled the turtle blimp with. The turtle blimp explodes above Liberty Island, uh, releasing the mist all over uh, the island, basically depowering everyone on it. At that point, the rest of the turtles and their allies, uh, that includes Casey Jones, uh, Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, they're... Uh, revealed to be in the turtle van, and they take off onto Liberty Island to join the fight. It's uh, Then there's Batman, the Shredder, and Splinter, who are directly attacking Bane. There's a, a lot of fight scenes after this. Uh, there's uh, a scene where the turtles and their allies jump out of the turtle van, or the party wagon, and it's revealed that... <laughs> All of the characters have, like, laser guns, uh, presumably made of the same tech that Donatello was working on at the beginning of the series. So, I guess that came full circle. There's a lot of action pages after that, a lot, a lot of action panels. Uh, slowly but surely, the foot ninjas who had defected over to Bane return to the Foot Clan, and, you know, are, they're either dealt with by Karai, or they, you know, come back, defect back over to Karai. By the time the fight is over, it's revealed that really the only two minions that Bane has left is Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, and that ends up being what the final battle is. It's all of the parties, you know, come together, and it's Bane, Bebop, and Rocksteady versus Batman, Shredder, Splinter, Leonardo, Donatello, Batgirl, Michelangelo, Robin, Nightwing, and Raphael. All in sort of a melee. Uh, despite, despite him being uh, very much outnumbered, Bane does end up getting the best of most of the good guys. Uh, the only way he was he's able to be stopped is Donatello loaded basically a small little handgun full of trank darts. And in, you know, he, he then says that the trank darts are full of elephant tranquilizer. So that was able to put Bane down. Uh, he, he falls to the ground. The battle is over and Bebop and Rocksteady uh, are captured. Batman and the turtles say their goodbyes. Uh, and Batman explains to the turtles that Shredder is back in jail uh, the only reason he agreed to go back was if Batman challenged him to a one-on-one -on -one fight, and even if Batman lost, he hid a electrocution device in his helmet. That way, Shredder was going back to jail either way. Now, we end with all of the Bat Party going back to Gotham through the portal, and Donatello receiving a special message in his lab uh, that is basically Batman's training protocol. So so, so that, uh, of course, will you know improve his ninja skills and uh, kind of bring us back to the beginning of the whole series. And that's it. It says the end for now. So it's very possible that the that Batman 
Ninja Turtles 3 had already been greenlit at this point. Because it's not for now question mark, it's for now exclamation point. All right, Jeff, that's issue number six. Uh, the, the grand finale of uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. What would you think? This was a very satisfying conclusion. Um, you know, lots of just really good stuff uh, in this issue. Of course, leading the charge, um, you know, you've got the turtle blimp right off the bat. You know, the OG one. Uh, and it's it's always great to see that just big, dumb, goofy thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, Donatello is definitely more competent in this issue, which, you know, is a nice, a very nice touch considering, you know, he was emo Peter Parker, the entire, that's true. Other issues. And, uh, seeing the freaking turtle van, man, just go gonzo. Um, probably one of my favorite panels is, uh, when it just busts up and just like, Casey's out on the gunner's seat, like we see in the very uh, first original 80s cartoon, which was only used like once. <laughs> uh, and then the actual guns are shooting. I mean, like, yes, that's what I want. Like, real, real weapons. It's <laughs> you know, very, very cool. Non-lethal. Non-lethal. Eh, those are laser guns. Uh, and then in that same panel, the top of the van opening, getting ready to catapult um, Raphael and Michelangelo and Robin and Nightwing and Batgirl. And then April looking out. That, that's clearly straight from the cartoon, which is just beautiful. It's just yes, 100%. Huge smile on my face uh, when I saw that. It was like, uh, how are we going to land? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of really great action beats. Um in this beautiful, just big fight sequences. One of my favorites is when Batman splinter and shredder, both just like just super kicks to Bane's face. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Everything about that aspect of the fight was really satisfying. Yeah. You know, like you have all three fighters who were fighting Bane, one to get his army back, one to basically as revenge for beating the crap out of him last time. And yeah. Batman, because he's like, you need to go home. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a spoiled. He's like a spoiled child. Yeah. Yeah. And and the there was such an effective opening scene or opening panel where, you know, there's the reveal that Bane is seeing Shredder. Yeah. And it, it like. In the frame, you see Batman say, uh, you're forgetting something, Bane. It's not your army. Yeah. And then Shredder finishes the spit, the sentence by saying, it's mine. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah. I, I need more of that version of Shredder. Yeah, there's just a fierceness to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the, the final battle in this one is much more satisfying than it was in the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think there's just more panels dedicated to the fight and the delivery mechanism uh, of the turtle blimp to to deliver the gas to the entire island is like that's peak story like crafting. Yeah. 
for for like the melding of these two universes. Yeah. So it's, it's very fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really like, you know, the, uh, you know, at the end uh, with Batman, just like, hey, you know, it, it just helping out Donatello with the uh, training regimen and stuff. And like, here's a cool photo. Like, you know, just I, I really like that's a nice little touch. Because like, like, who wouldn't want to be trained by Batman? It's not going to be easy, but here's some here's some pro gamer tips, bro. I, uh, oh, come on. Come on. Like, is it cute? Absolutely. Is it a nice, uh, like, bookend to this whole Donatello can't fight story that they're trying to pitch us? Sure. Yeah. But it's also kind of just skipping over the fact that the lesson he just learned is brains are as good as brawn. You know, like that's the lesson he learned. Like, and this is bad. <laughs> sure. Uh, like the lesson he learned was you don't need your, you don't need to always be physically strong. Then just to leave with a footnote, but it's really nice that you better train up because you're going to get your butt kicked again. You know, it, it's, it just kind of slaps the story in its face. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah. But again, it's, it's a cute way to end it. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you remember in the first, uh, the, like the first mini, I was questioning why Batman made that fancy Batman suit. Oh, the mech suit. Yeah, and I was like, what's yeah. the point? Why is – it was only here for, like, what, three panels? I don't understand. That's kind of how I feel about all these blasters. Yeah. Like, none of the enemies they were fighting had projectile weapons, had guns or energy weapons. Why, why do the good guys need them? Especially when all of them are either Ninja Turtles or trained by Batman. I mean, I guess because, you know, their opponents are physically, you know, more, you know, powerful than them. Maybe. And they need a little bit of an edge. Like, I, I, I guess, okay, now now that I think about it one more time, I guess the point they're making is you don't always need muscles. You sometimes need tech. Yeah. So, it, you know, I guess it does further feed the Donatello storyline they're trying to, to 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 tell us. It just seemed real weird. Every time the turtles have guns, it's real weird to me. Unless it's like they're in space and they don't have their weapons. It's like, hey, bro, here's a gun. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have nothing else. Check out this cool laser weapon I have. Yes, but... Donatello building laser weapons is it's just real weird. Yeah. But 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 yeah, like this, this is a very satisfying conclusion to to this to this whole, you know, kerfuffle of a of, of a mini. Uh, as I said before, I do it. You heard my major issues with it. Um, Somewhere beneath all of those is a fun, really, really fun story. Yeah. It's a good read. It's a it's a good time. Um, 
would I necessarily want them to adapt this into an animated feature? Yes, but without the Donatello like emo crap. Yes, like th- there's definitely a version of this they could make into an animated feature, but yeah. it would it would take a hefty rewrite. Uh, but th- the first animated feature they did didn't you know they did a hefty rewrite on it. So, uh, yeah, it, like like if if this is the direction they would go with the second movie, I'm fine with it. But I would be you know heavily I would heavily scrutinize some of the changes they don't make if they don't make them. You know, and we need to. What'd you think of the entire thing? I, I know we've kind of already talked about that a little bit, but just with final thoughts. Overall, you know, it's just it's just great to see one of my all-time favorite DC Comics characters get to hang out with the Turtles. Um, you know, I love crossovers. They're not always done right. Uh, there are a lot that missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this story does have its shortcomings, but overall, those put aside, um, it's a really fun, just enjoyable read, especially if you're both a Batman and a Ninja Turtles fan. You know, there's there's some heartwarming moments. There's some you know goofy stuff, amazing stuff. It's just it's just kind of you know the full package, and I can't wait to see where we go. Uh, next. Oh, the, the, I'm not going to tell you about the third one. The third one is wild. I yeah. love the third one. So um, you would you say the third one is arguably the best out of the, the three it, it, from your point of view? From what I remember of it, yes. It is arguably the best. Okay. Um, it's absolutely better than this one. Okay. Uh, I do like Batman is still really cool. Like just Batman is inherently cool and Batman villains for the most part are inherently cool. I didn't know Bane was this cool. And by cool, I mean goofy and fun. Like I just saw Bane as, you know, this smart brute who, you know, my, my knowledge of Bane come from two places, comes from two places. One, the dark Knight rises and two, strangely enough, Batman and Robin, the movie. Now, I oh. know the Batman and Robin <laughs> portrayal of him is not him. Ugh. Right. But those are the only two things that I really have a lot of familiarity with. So reading this and learning that he is this verbose, like Shakespearean, like everything has to come with with some vibrato, you know, just that's really funny to me, especially coming from this giant dude. And and like. It's all a show for like like there's there's a, 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 a like a romanticizing of power being attached to muscle to strength, you know, yeah. that most characters don't have. And. His big dumb head is it's it's just it's cute, it's adorable and hilarious for me. Yeah. Now, had you not seen him on the animated series? I don't I never watched a lot of it. Like I watched the animated series, but I didn't follow the animated series. So as a child, I might have seen 30 episodes here and there. Yeah. So I, I did not remember the Bane character until a friend of mine in my 20s told me, oh, yeah, that he's the guy who broke Batman's back. And I'm like, what? 
That was a huge issue. When did that happen? And, you know, then I kind of did some, you know, I, I did some, like, Wikipedia-ing. But outside of that, you know, the movies are, you know, what I know. I I mean, since you have all of it to watch, uh, thanks to someone you know. What uh, I don't have, though, is time. Oh, uh, well. The, the last cartoon that you suggested I watch took nine months to get through, so. Well. These are like twenty minute episodes, so you so can, so was there was the last one there, homie. But there's not many of the episodes that where Bane shows up, and you can you can digest that. You know, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm I mean, I'm either going to watch every single episode and complain about them to you personally, or I'm not going to watch any of them. Do you have many complaints about Batman animated series? We're, we have serious words. <laughs> that show is perfection. I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't really get into all the peripheral Batman stuff like Nightwing and Batgirl and Red Hood and all, all this other like Batman is pure in and of himself, like throwing all these extra Bat family characters seems real dumb for to me. Real dumb. Well, I mean, the first you know, chunk of animated is basically, you know, I'm not, well, I'm not talking about the animated series oh, at this point. Oh. I'm just talking about Batman overall. Well, he collects orphans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel I like when you kill Batman. a Robin, he should stay dead. Well, yeah. No one ever dies in comics. No, no, this is true. Yeah. Uh, well, that's pretty much all I've got here. Here's here's where we talk about what's happening next time on Shellheads. Ooh, you pull out the spreadsheet. Yeah. Next up, Jeff, uh, we're going to talk Nickelodeon, the 2012 show. Hey. We're going to fin out, finish out season three. All right. Yeah, which gets us well past the halfway mark. That's good. Like at at this point, we only have season four, which is which is a full season, and then season five, which is a short season. Right. So it'll we're getting we're getting there, buddy. It's exciting. Um. And for those who you know want to watch along, it'll be episodes three nineteen through three twenty six. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, in between watching those episodes, where will you be at? I will be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Sergio, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we have a uh, plethora of different types of games to play, um, including all the Ninja Turtles games um, that are out so far. Um, you know, the classics and then, you know, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, and that's always a great good time to get everybody rallied, rallied around to enjoy together. Um, we do uh, Smash Brothers tournaments, uh, retro game restoration that's cleaning and restoring uh, cartridge games and cartridge-based systems. Um, and, uh, you know, birthday parties, all that other kind of good stuff. Uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we are on Instagram. Um, you can follow us on, on those socials um, and keep up with what we're doing. Um, and I would ask where we can find you, but I kind of know because, you know, the other site's not. Never mind. Where can you find you, Sergio? Actually, I do have news. Do you? I do. 
Um, we re- we recorded. I, you may remember me, and listeners may remember me talking about this a few months back. Uh, we're finally going to launch that stupid not football football podcast. Is that exactly what it's called? No, but that's what it it's being, be. basically being pitched as. Uh, it is a podcast where we only talk about football uniforms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it, trust me. It's 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 a thing. Um, we're calling it Downset Drip. Okay. And the first episode is recorded, and it went fantastically well. Uh, I don't know what venue it's gonna it's gonna live in yet. Um, it's definitely gonna be on YouTube. Uh, I might stream it at some point. I, I don't know. Uh, it may even end up being an audio podcast. I don't know how that would work. We'll see. But it's it's got a slideshow and everything. We we talk about literally the uniforms that the footballs the uh, players wear. Talk about whether or not they look good, what the style of it is, uh, what team's colors are garbage, that kind of stuff. And I promise you, we do not talk sports. We don't talk football whatsoever. Huh. Okay. Dare I say it's a fashion podcast. <laughs> uh, but that'll be coming soon, and and just stay tuned to Reality Breached. I'm sure I'll that'll be my mouthpiece when it comes to announcing where that's going to live. Okay. Uh, but Jeff, I th- thank you for joining me today, and listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, we do this for us, but we also do it for you. Uh, and every time we record one of these, it is a blast. All of our listeners, thank you for sticking around. Um, and it means a lot that you guys are still sticking around, and um, you know that we are able to make an impact on your lives. Um, I was just discussing this with someone else the other day, and I was just like, it, it still doesn't register with me, you know, um, that we're a, a part of a, a, you know, a much bigger, um, I don't want to say fishbowl. <laughs> you know, you, you, you guys know what I mean. Um, so, um, terrarium, wh- whatever. Ter- what? Yes, ter- terrarium would be, that'd be, that'd be fun. That's a fun way to put it. And, um, so thank you guys. There's a lot of good stuff coming up, as Sergio has already said. Yep. Uh, well, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. Wait for it. Wait for it. Actually, do it in that do that Arnold voice that you had earlier. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you got to go. To change me. <laughs> what? Do up on Pedialyte. Just so, say we're shellheads. <laughs> <laughs> Do we are the shellheads? <laughs>
don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.